the Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. What is up? Notebook Wagering is back, and it's time for our favorite show of the year, March Madness. I'm Q here, sitting in studio with Smitty. We've got the Pittsburgh boys joining us. Full crew tonight. It's madness time. But first, we're live from the Salisbury Studios, fueled by Monster Energy. Uh, A little tired tonight, been studying. I was up late last night, drinking a Monster, get your flowing right. Just ask uh, Mayor, have five of them. It'll, uh, it'll get you going. Anyways, great taste, great fuel, great energy. Let's go. We need them this week. This is a massive week for the show, for every fan. We're going to win. What's up, Smitty? What's going on, man? Greatest time of the year. It is like Christmas. A lot of games to dive into, so let's get after it. Jason, how are you tonight? I am good. It's like Q said, I'm, I'm dragging here. We got daylight savings. We got trips. You're doing all the online studying, but it's all worth it. Yeah, speaking of big trips. Speaking of big trips, we're sending Maddie out to Vegas. Company company trip. He's <laughs> on the company jet. It's getting out there, getting fueled up. T minus forty eight hours. I got more bets, brackets, and notes already than I know what to do with. Uh, hopefully, I don't get a little bogged down here, but I'm ready to go. I think we have found some winners. I think we've found some upsets, and can't wait to talk about. It. So let's roll. I'm excited. Real quick, let's uh, before we get to that, let's just do a two-second recap of the XFL because you were listening to the best XFL handicapper in the country, 6-1. and one. I'm just murdering it with ease. I said on the show, minus six. Matty Nails had a big win with the Houston over. I believe it was like 36.5. They covered themselves. They put up 44. So good job, Nails. Killed that one absolutely. I'm already going to give you two plays for next week. I know it's early, but... Get them in now. Big matchup. DC Defenders playing the St. Louis Battlehawks. Take the Battlehawks plus two. I think they give the Defenders their first loss and take the over 41 and a half. These teams, I don't think you're going to see you in the NFL where you think it's a shootout and then it's not. These teams know each other. They're only so good talent-wise. Like They're going to score on each other. I, I think it goes over with relative ease. I mean, they put up 50-something last uh, two weeks ago, so 41 and a half uh, should be an issue. And then, like I said, uh, I think the Defenders lose. Um, lose a close one on the road for the first time. So those are my two plays. You guys got anything before we jump into uh, into some basketball? All I, I'm not swimming the XFL waters this week, so I'm, I'm going to stick to the basketball. Listen, I'm a shark. There is no X, uh, XFL is canceled this week due to. <laughs> it might be Vegas Vipers because they might have to use their trash field for a practice facility. I don't know. That's brutal. All right, let's get right into it. So we're really not going to break down a bracket for you. We're just going to talk about Thursday and Friday games. Uh, all these will be on our Twitter as well, so just follow that. But uh, let's get into it. Let's kind of run through the card here and um, pick winners. What do you guys think? All right, so we've got Tuesday, the play-in game. We've got Texas A&M Cor- Corpus Christi against Southeast Missouri State. Over-owners, 153.5. Corpus Christi is laying minus four. 
I like them in a money line parlay at minus 175, and I actually parlayed them. I've already got this ticket in with Texas Southern. I like Texas Southern, even though they have a brutal record. They're getting hot at the right time. They've been in the last two years playing games. They've won both. Now they get destroyed once they make the tournament, but they've won both. They've got that experience over a Fairleigh Dickinson team that's really never been in this position before. So um, I really like that play. A&M Corpus Christi is playing really hot right now. Yeah, they come in nine and one last ten. So, you know, you said minus four and a half. I looked at Greg Peterson. He has it minus six and a half. I would do something like I would go Corpus Christi in this game also. If you do that parlay, it's plus one sixty seven. Jason Matt. I'm with you on uh, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi as well. I, I'm probably not going to bet these play-in games. I'm going to watch them. You got to throw a penny or two on it, Matt. Come on. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, too. I'm already locked in for like 14 <laughs> bets which before I even get to Vegas. I'll Venmo you a dollar. Put it on the game. I'm going to be double dipping. Uh, I mean, that's ludicrous already out of the gate. I'm more interested in the Pitt-Mississippi State game. Because I think Mississippi State's going to try to control the ball a ton, slow it down. Uh, and, I mean, Mississippi State just wants to punch you in the mouth, try to score 55 and get out of there with a win. Yeah, Pitt's going to have to try to counteract it. But I actually like whoever wins that game to win one more uh, once they get into the uh, the big dance. Yeah, I'm with you on that as well. I, I like you coming out of there. I like Pitt or um, not so much Mississippi State coming out of there. I think Pitt actually is a little more live because they do have an offense. Defense is terrible. But I do think that Mississippi State can only score so many points. So I think Pitt can definitely get enough to get by that one. And I do like him in the next one. I think the NCAA wants that Pitt-Xavier matchup. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I want to see it as well. Yeah, no, I like Q's plays. I like Corpus Christi. I think they're coming in pretty well. Southland used to be a better league. It's kind of fallen off a little bit. But I still think they're a better team than Southeast Missouri State. Texas Southern has been the class of the slack for a while. Uh, came out of nowhere. Yeah. Kind of upset Grambling. Had a really good season. And uh, Fairleigh Dickinson didn't win anything to get here. <laughs> they basically no. up to the full prize because yeah. this should be Merrimack playing in this game. I w- wish it was Merrimack because I think it would be a really good matchup. Uh, but I like Texas Southern in that as well. He's all over it. Yeah, well, I'm going to go with the, the pick game. I mean, that's going to be the total right now, 131.5. I think that's going to be just a very defensive-minded game. You know, Mississippi State's not the best three-point shooting team, free-throw shooting team, very low-scoring game. It's going to be tight. I, I think kind of leaning a little bit, though, Mississippi State. One thing Smitty and I talked about before we went on air was the inability of Mississippi State to hit free throws. They only shoot like 68%. I believe Pitt's like 78%, something close yeah. into that range. So, I mean, we talked about it last week. Like, free throws matter, especially late in games. Um, and you miss your free throws, you can miss an opportunity to advance. And I, I think that's going to get Mississippi State. I think you guys are right. I think Pitt will get through. Uh, Mississippi State can't really shoot a three really well, um, and I think Pitt's going to know that. So they're going to just kind of let them hang themselves on that, and they're just going to play in close, I think, um, and say, hey, beat us. You know, you're going to have to go through us in the paint, so do it. Otherwise, it, you know, you're going to draw charges or you're going to take bad shots. So uh, I kind of am in agreement with that, but it is kind of a stay-away game for me. Great I, teaser spot. It is a good teaser spot, and I was also going to say one thing we've kind of looked here is we have a lot of lower lines, like a lot in the – low 130s to mid 130s that really bodes well for first half under so this if once the line comes out you're going to be at 58 and a half 59 and a half like i think jason said it earlier uh in a week 
teams kind of get nervous and they don't shoot that well in the beginning. Uh, defense plays extremely tight. So, like, first half funners could be a, a, a steal uh, in all these games, really. And I think you could definitely see it against a bad shooting team like Mississippi State. All right, let's go. Uh, leans, go ahead. I was going to say, any leans on the last? We didn't talk about the, the fourth game, Nevada and Arizona State. Nevada kind of snuck in the back door on this one, probably upset a couple of schools. And then Arizona State looked like they were making a little run and then kind of fell off in the Pac-12 uh, tournament. So Arizona State's right, on my do not bet. Here. Arizona State's on my do not bet, so. I'll accept. We'll do not fly with Arizona State for Q, but I like their defense. I think Nevada really shouldn't be here, and I think Arizona State's going to kick them out of the club here early. Yeah, cool team coming in, Jason. They lost their last three, so I kind of agree with you. I kind of think Arizona State's going to win this one. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go to your early Thursday games. We'll just kind of run down the slate. So you have Charleston playing San Diego State. San Diego State laying four over under one forty one and a half. This is one of my uh, one of my games that I'm most interested to see. I think Charleston uh, poses a real threat here. Uh, very even on the uh, the stats. I mean, they both average like 68 points. They both give up 62. Free throws were there. Rebounds were there. Steals were there. It was it was all literally within a you know one point or one statistical stat. San Diego State didn't over you know I, I don't think they shot incredibly well this year. They played a lot of 60s and low 70s games. Same thing with Charleston. Charleston's guards uh, Boland and the other kid I believe his name is Larson or Lawson. They play in your face and they play aggressive. They're quick. They they they, you know, slide on defense really well. This is a matchup, man, and they're going to have all the energy. I don't think they're going to get tired in this game. I, I think you could seriously see an upset here. Um, and I don't know if I would call it an upset as good as this Charleston team is. I mean, obviously the seating is, but they're. I mean, they won thirty games for a reason, and they they won a lot of them in convincing fashion. So it wasn't like they just kind of skated by. Uh, so that's that's my take on that. I look for a upset here. Yeah, I like San Diego State in this. Both teams are coming in really well. Charleston's ten and zero in their last ten, nine and one for San Diego State. If you really look, San Diego State only I think three losses from uh, January into where they're at now. Bradley, the guards really good. I like the San Diego State team. I think they win this game. Yeah, no, yeah, I think I'm both one. I give me the assets, uh, but I think the, like, the points, the Cougars, give me Charleston with the points because San Diego State always finds a way to make these games close. Yeah, I think San Diego's D is elite, top flight. So I think that's enough to get them over the hump. It's going to be a grind, though. Carl's, College of Charleston is going to throw everything they got. I think Jason's right. I think they're still going to, Smitty, this should be your teaser. Tease these guys up, pair them with somebody, get them in, uh, right around double digits and whatnot. And that should be a lock, I think. I like that. I like San Diego State. I'd take them in a teaser because I think they win the game. All right, let's go to uh, Furman and Virginia. Virginia laying five. These are all circle lines, by the way, so there's going to be some fluctuation. Virginia's laying five, over under 132.5. A lot of people like Furman here, kind of in that 13-4, sexy, upset matchup. I I think Virginia kind of gets right. They they started playing real decent basketball at the beginning of the year. They kind of went through their woes midseason, then they kind of turned it on. Um, had a decent ACC tournament other than the uh, the game against Duke. I think they'll be able to reset. I really like Tony Bennett in the situation. They also have Kihei Clark. I know he's extremely small, but he's he was on that team that won a national title. He helped win that national title. He had a big moment in that in that tournament. So I think his leadership with Tony Bennett's, I think it's going to bode well. And I just, Furman shoots really well, but 
I don't know if they've played a defense as stout as Virginia. Uh, and Virginia, I'm not saying they have a 2019 shooting team, but they're much improved from last year and the year before. Uh, so I think they can make somewhat of a little run. I think they could probably get to the Sweet 16. So if I was to lay the, the buckets here, I would take Virginia in a money line parlay, take them in a teaser. I, I'd probably lay the five, to be honest. I think they can win by seven or eight. I'm gonna. I like Furman in this game. Nine and one coming into it. UVA seven and three. So both teams are playing pretty well coming into this. Um, you know, I agree. UVA is a good team. I, the guard, the point guard, is small, but I think he's had a really nice year this year. Furman can score. They average about 82 points a game. Uh, free throw shooting again for UVA is not the greatest. I think it's about 70 percent. Points in the paint could be the key in this game. I love a teaser spot with Furman in this. Add five more points on and add it up. Yeah, I think, I don't. Sorry, somebody. That's all right. Uh, I, so I, I broke down the last three tournaments throughout 2020 out because didn't technically. Um, so there's an average. It's really like 7.75 upsets from the 10 seeds to the 16th every tournament. So you got to pick and choose your spots here. Uh, the most we had is eight. And the least has actually been seven. So. I actually think Furman is one to actually pick here. Um, I think they're going to sneak it out. Their offense is super efficient. Smitty said at 82 points a game, they give up 71. Virginia just can't score. I mean, if this comes down to a, a grinded out 60 to 60 game, Furman's going to get to the line and they're probably going to ice it with the free throws. I mean, Smitty said it too. UBA is not that good at the line. I think this is an upset and I hate to say it because I have a futures ticket on Virginia and I have zero confidence in it right now. <laughs> Yeah, you look at it. I think the one thing, like you said, Matt, Virginia can't score. Furman has a very good offense. And when, I like when these games, when you're picking these upsets, they have to be really good on one side of the ball. Like They don't have to be good at both, but they have to be either really good at offense or really good at defense. Furman's really good on offense. Virginia doesn't have any big guys. I think Vanderplas is going to miss this game on Thursday from what I've heard. So, the, you know, they're a pretty small defense right now, and they can't score. So they're basically coming down to the Silicon level. And now, you know, they can score decently this year, but like they've struggled late. I, give me firm with the points. I don't know how enough confidence to pick them to win the game, but uh, I definitely think it's going to be a close one. All right, here's a matchup. I, I saw on Twitter a lot of people like this play, and I'm actually on the opposite. Louisiana and Tennessee. Tennessee laying 10.5, over, over under 136.5. I think Tennessee gets right in terms of the first um, game for them. I just don't see Louisiana. They, may, they might keep it somewhat close, like within f- – two to four in the first half but i think just the stout defense and the leadership tennessee has um with how do you say his name viscovich Mm -hmm. i think he's just a true leader for that team he's so poised he never lets anything get to him and i think tennessee pulls away and actually wins by more than 10 and a half i'm very confident in that play that would be the one that i it's a straight lay for me i just don't see louisiana competing with that stuff that stifling defense yeah, Louisiana, you know, coming in seven and three. Tennessee's four and six last ten. I really like looking at these last ten games, see where they're coming in into the tournament here. They can Louisiana has a big guy underneath that's really talented. I agree with Q in this game, though. I think Tennessee now shooting woes for Tennessee. It's not it's not pretty sometimes here. Louisiana averages about 78 points a game. Tennessee defense gives up about 58 points. I think I, I agree with Q. I think this game might be close, but I think by the end, Tennessee is going to uh, lay it on him here and get into the double digit with a win. Go ahead, Jason. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, look at Louisiana. You look for upsets, you want three-point shooting. They don't shoot a lot of three-pointers. They shoot the three-ball well, but they just don't do it that often. You can't go inside on Tennessee. They have yeah. all those monsters in there. And I know Brown's a good player. He's probably He was in the draft uh, last year, pulled himself out to come back for this year. But when it comes down to guards, Louisiana does not have the guards to beat Tennessee. They can't beat him from the outside. And Brown's going to have a nightmare with all his seven-footers for Tennessee. Oh, man. I, I, I hate to say you guys are right, but I am going to throw pizza money on Louisiana because Jordan Brown averages 20 and nine rebounds a game. That, that Tennessee's still without Zakai Ziegler. I know we already know that, but it's huge. So that's their, I think, third best score. They have three other guys who score in double digits. And then the point guard for uh, Louisiana is terrific. Terrence Lewis, 11 points a game, eight assists a game. I think those two guys alone are going to keep them within a 10. This line originally, some books started at 14, mm. down to 10 and a half. I mean, uh, something's going on there. I'm not saying Louisiana's going to win it, but I'm going to pull for them. But, but I think you can grab them getting double-digit points, and I think you're safe. They'd probably be a good teaser spot. If you're saying a line was all the way at 14, like you catch 15 and a half, like I could see that. I mean, it's hard to blow out a team in the tournament. Um all right, let's go. This is actually a good matchup, especially for the East Coast, kind of your area and our area. you got West Virginia and Maryland. Uh, should be a big clash. West Virginia, probably one of the scrappiest defensive teams in the country. Uh, you know, how many more runs is, is Bobby Huggins going to have in him? Probably this one, maybe one more. Health is declining. You can really see, like, he's not as uh, vocal and emotional on the sidelines. Uh, playing a tough team in Maryland. Maryland's got good guards, good defense. Um this is probably a stay away for me. West Virginia is laying the two and a half over under 141. The problem is I just don't know what Maryland team's going to show up. I mean, they could show up and light up with 80, or they could lay a dud uh, and shoot you know, into the low 50s. Same thing with West Virginia. I mean, one game they're keeping Kansas down to like 62, and then the next Kansas has 90 on them. So it's just two teams that I don't know in that 8-9 matchup. I don't really have like a good lean because there's – they were playing such inconsistent basketball in my mind. And Maryland was such a home team this year. They really relied on it. So it's a, it's a stay away for me. But if I had to do a lean, I probably would take West Virginia because they have better defense. Yeah. Both teams come in five and five. Yeah. It's a tough one. I think this is going to be a really just nose to nose kind of game here. Both teams, I think will play defense really well in this game. I'm going to go, I'm going to lean West Virginia just because of the conference. I think their conference is better than the big 10. Yeah, it's a good matchup, actually. Two top 50 offenses and defenses for both teams. Um, I've heard a lot of West Virginia on different podcasts I've already listened to. Uh, I'm starting to lean Maryland now looking at the stats. Uh, West Virginia is surprisingly not good on the defensive boards and also likes to foul. Those are two keys for Maryland's offense to get going. So I'm actually going to lean Terps here. Yeah, You know everyone's going to be hating on the Big Ten, so maybe this is a nice way to go contrarian and get a pick up a point on your pulse. Yeah, I don't know where to go here. I actually think WVU, because their Ken Palm rating is so good, and Q said it, I think this is the Maryland dud coming up. They're on the road, technically, away from home. They they don't do anything for me. I I think Huggins knows how to get through here. I think he's actually going to give Bama a scare, too. I don't think they're going to do it, but maybe channel the uh, old inner Kevin Pitch snoggle and get it done. That's a name I haven't heard in a minute. Love those teams. 
All right, let's. Uh, I, I think this one's relative ease. Northern Kentucky playing Houston. Houston lay at 19, over under 122.5. This is going to be one where I'm going to hammer the first half under. Uh, Sasser's going to probably play, but more so, like Jason said, it's just to kind of test out how he's feeling. Uh, limited minutes for him. I think he'll kind of play 5 to 10 each half. Uh, knowing that they're going to have relative ease to advance in this. I don't see Northern Kentucky being able to really score against a Houston defense. I mean, Houston's one of the best defenses in the country, so I'm going to hammer the first half under. I don't have the line uh, yet, but but looking at the over-under for the total game, you're going to be in that mid-50s range. Uh, and Houston, I don't think they're going to... Um, they've had a team low 23 points in a tournament uh, in the, uh, the American tournament, so I they don't really light it up for me either. Without Sasser, they're, you could definitely tell like they struggle offensively. Um, and if he's sitting on the bench a lot, give me the the under in this. Yeah, I mean this this you know this is one of those games. It depends on Sasser. Yesterday I went with Memphis plus the points in that, and they won the game outright. A lot of the offense goes through Sasser. Groin injury. Is he going to play? That's the key. I think Maddie said it last night. Maybe they just hold him out in this um, first game. 122 and a half. I mean, it's 19 and a half for the Cougs here. Maybe um, a teaser spot here, man. Jack it up some more and take Northern Kentucky. Maybe they can uh, cover the big number there. But uh, yeah, the Cougars move on here easily. Uh, this, this is a stay away. Uh, without Sasser, who knows what this line is going to do. There's no need for him to go. Just just enjoy little Houston easy. Move him on in your bracket and then start sweating it out. Yeah, I listened to our buddy Jim Root on a podcast earlier. Northern Kentucky has the worst man-to-man offense in the entire field. <laughs> Houston is the best man-to-man team. Northern Kentucky is 333 in defensive rebounding. Houston is fourth. This is going to be bad. This is going to be an ugly game. We won't see much of this one. I'll lay the 19 with Houston. I have no sweat on that. All right, Auburn and Iowa. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Auburn laying the one over under 152. I kind of actually do lean Auburn. I think their defense is a little bit better. I think they've played really good competition in the SEC. Iowa's gotten really hot in the last couple weeks. Like, at what point did they kind of take a little regression on their shooting? I mean, they were hitting everything as of recently. This game is a stay away for me from a betting perspective, but I do. I I think Auburn skates with this one. I just think uh, they they have the ability to score somewhat, and I think. Uh, the defense is going to be the factor here. Yeah, five and five Iowa last ten, three and seven for Auburn here in this game. Yeah, this this one Auburn plays defense really well. Iowa can really light it up. I mean, who what team's going to really show up in this one? This is a tough one. I'd probably lean uh, Auburn in this game. I'll tell you, here's something that a lot of people aren't going to pick up on. This game's actually being played in Birmingham, so mm-hmm. Auburn's going to have a huge crowd. Just- Crowd advantage. It sucks because I actually really like this Iowa team. I'm probably going to grab them with the points and and see if they can just pull one out. I mean, they've let a lot of people down the last couple of years in the tourney. Uh, three in a row, I think, it might be a little too much. I think they might get the, the uh, outright money line win here. I might lay it. Yeah, I, this Iowa defense is atrocious. So I think they're going to let Auburn score some points. I actually like the over in this game. I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch because, like I said, no one's going to have a rooting interest. This is just going to be up and down. Um, I'm actually going to be looking to live bet this if Auburn gets up. I think Iowa will come back because they'll do anything on defense to just try to slow down their opponent, whether it works or not. They just keep throwing things at them. But, um, and they can shoot themselves back in the game. So I'm looking for the over here and a live bet on Iowa. 
All right, Jason, why don't you lead this one? You got your Penn State Nittany Lions making a, an appearance for the first time in a while, playing the Aggies. Aggies a little disrespected. I think we can all agree on that. They're probably not a seven. They're probably in more of the five range. Uh, so Texas A&M is laying the two and a half over under 135. Uh, obviously, you you start it. You go ahead. I'll let you start it. Start it on a high no, note. It, it, it's a really interesting game because it's a matchup of strengths and weaknesses pretty yeah. easily. Like kind of opposite teams. Exactly opposite teams, but A and M, you know, doesn't have a big post guy to go to, so that that helps me on the Penn State side. Um, they kind of re- rely on free throw shooting and rebounding, and Penn State defensively does really good at both of those, taking those away. A and M gives you threes, and you cannot give Penn State threes. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Now they might be giving teams threes because no one in the SEC can really shoot outside of Missouri. I mean, even Alabama, as many as much as they shoot, isn't really good at shooting threes. They just shoot so many that they eventually start going in. Um, so that's the case. But the problem is, is that if you don't have that post threat, then you can get out to the arc and defend. And uh, I think A&M played uh, Missouri, who's kind of the most similar team to Penn State and the SEC, and they blew them out by 20. So uh, I think it's going to be a really good game. Penn State does, does a lot of fight right now. they got a lot of seniors, experience. Basically, a current call for all these guys. So I think it'll be a good game. I'm going to pick them, but that's mostly a heart lean. And but I'm just going to hope these metrics hold out and that they come out with a nice little two point three point sweat victory late in the middle, late at night on Thursday. Now, do you think, real quick, Jason, before we go to the rest of them, do you think uh, their head coach and the the rumors to Georgetown is going to play any effect on this team? I don't think so. I think he's going to done a good job of minimizing it, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Cause <laughs> Rumor has it he's in D.C. right now. He's not with the team. <laughs> All right. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you go ahead, and then we'll jump in studio. Yeah, Texas A&M, uh, bottom 10 percentile against the three. Penn State's going to bomb them away. Penn State rebounds really well, free throw line really well. And, it's like, we all say, hey, Texas A&M got a, a, a dirt seed, pretty much, um, and disrespected. However, it's not as awful as you think because they have three really bad losses. Murray State, Colorado, and Wofford this year. Those aren't good. I mean, sure they got disrespected, but I don't think the committee really disrespect them that much. I think the committee did a really good job. I actually think Jason's heart and head is correct here. I think Penn State actually wins this outright. Yeah, I like Penn State. I mean, one of my one of my favorite teams in this. Um, you know, the key with Penn State, how well they're going to shoot. You know, they shoot a lot of threes. Can they knock them down? You know, free throw shooting in the last two games, they've missed a lot in some of those games. Uh, scares me a little bit there with Penn State. Man, I hope they win, and I hope I'm wrong on this, but I'm going to take Texas A&M. I think they're a better team. I was really happy we got A&M who played just as many games as many days as we did because Penn State was in a lot of trouble there playing four in a row. You don't know if their legs are going to come back, but A&M's kind of in the same boat, so it makes me feel a little better. Yeah, anytime I take Penn State to win, they lose, and anytime I, I fade them, they win. So this is a tough one because obviously I have a hatred for Penn State because they lose any money. Objectively, they are – the better three-point shooting team. They are hot. A&M's had a really good season. I think Buzz Williams going up, you know, coming back home, essentially a Texas kid growing up, goes to Tech, and then comes back. He's really turned that program into um, a notable program right now. So congrats to him. I think the Aggies get this one done. I'm not going to play it 
I understand Penn State shoots threes really well, but A&M has really good defense, and I think their ability to drive and score as well as good defense, and again, defense and free throws win you games in this tournament, and I think Penn State's inexperience in the big tournament, I think Buzz Williams being in a place where he was at Tech and he played in this environment, he knows how to get ready for it. This is much bigger than the Big Ten, much bigger than the SEC. I think Texas A&M and a Moneyline parlay is probably what I'll do, uh, which means Penn State will probably win the game. Thank you, Q. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Them, right? There you go. Yeah, gig them. Colgate and Texas, this is pretty easy for me. First off, I can't believe um, Jeff Nadu is saying that Texas really isn't a two. I thought that was mind-blowing. I think what after Chris Beard left, that interim head coach, I hope he gets the full-time job because he's really turned that program around. They were inconsistent so many years in the tournament. What team's going to show up? They've always kind of you know underplayed what they have the ability. I think this team is real deal this year. I think with this interim head coach, they're going to go pretty deep into this. I think at least an Elite Eight. I think Colgate, I talked about them. I, I really like them heading into this tournament, but I think they're playing a red-hot Texas team that has something to prove, and I think it's just a very bad matchup. I love Texas one a 13-and-a-half. I think they take out some aggression on Colgate, and they say, we're meant to be here. I really do. Yeah, very athletic team. Carr is a really good player. You know, the, like you said, the coach, uh, Terry's done an unbelievable job there in Texas. Uh, I think Allen, one of their players, is questionable with this, but I don't think it's going to matter. I like Texas. I think they're a very good team. Here's, here's a fun bet, especially if you're in Vegas, going to Vegas. Take Colgate first to 10 because their offense is, is extremely efficient. Come out of the gate and be like, hey, we, I think we can hang with these kids. But I think Texas is just going to be too supreme and dominant overall. But, yeah, maybe Colgate gives them just a scare out of the gate real quick. Look, Colgate first to 10. Yeah, I like that a lot. That was a big bet out last year, Maddie. A lot of guys that we were with hanging out there, they were hitting like plus 230, plus 330 odds, putting 100 on it, winning big money. So now what they were doing is they were taking the first 10, the underdog, but then they were you know taking Texas to win the game. So they were kind of double dipping. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that one. and That'll be right in time for dinner. So. Love it. Yeah, Nadu's crazy. He can come on our show anytime and debate this, but Texas is definitely a two seed. I mean, they're 11th in defense, they're 18th in offense. They meet all the criteria to actually be a national champion, except for the coach. If you go through the Gilogs again, there's six things. All they don't have is the coach. They have everything else lined up. He's crazy. They're not a two seed. He, I, he definitely lost a bet yeah. with Texas in it somewhere along the line. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I think they do have the coach. I mean, it doesn't line up, but I think this is the guy. I really do, so... Uh, I think that's going to be an easy win. I actually have already laid this next game, Howard versus Kansas. Kansas, I actually got him at minus 21.5. The current line at Circa is minus 22, over under 145.5. I think Kansas is going to have relative ease. Little down from last year's team. I think they have something to prove. I think they're going to get right. Howard, uh, big you know, big improvement in the program. Uh, I work in D.C. It's pretty cool to see them there. They've The arena is terrible, so it's kind of nice to see them play in a nice spot. <laughs> it looks like a dump on Georgia Avenue. I'm telling you, it looks vacant. That's how bad it is. But good program, good turnaround. I think they're heading in the right direction. I think Kansas blows them out by 30-plus. I mean, this is one of the most lopsided lines, I think, of, of anybody. Yeah, both teams 8-2 and two last thing coming in, but it's not going to matter. Kansas will win big, I think. Uh, one of Kansas's starters is, is dinged up, though. They're probably going to sit him, so it might be not quite as bad as we think out of the gate. But again, I don't touch these ones unless I'm going to do something crazy and have too many uh, cervezas. 
Yeah, no, I'd lay the 20 here. Uh, you look at Howard's non-con, it was pretty bad. <laughs> like they, they played some mid-tier Division One teams, and they got absolutely blown out. I don't see that changing. So, yeah, Kansas may lay off to get gas. It may not matter. The bench might just cover it themselves. Here's an interesting game. Jason and I kind of talked about this team mid, uh, towards the end of the season. So, Illinois and Arkansas. Arkansas laying three, over under 143.5. Illinois, man, they're a Final Four team, or they're going to be a first, you know, one and done team. Arkansas really can't shoot, good defensively, great coach. Definitely the better coach on the sideline. The hustle's there. You can tell Arkansas plays all 40 minutes. Illinois, you just don't know what you're going to get. They do have experience with Meyer. I think Channing's a really good guard. Channing has the ability to be that guard that can lead you to an Elite Eight or a Final Four, as well as Meyer. Meyer, without Meyer, Baylor, I don't think, wins that national title. He was so big, hit so many threes. Can he make those shots this year for a good, on-paper Illinois roster, or are they just going to kind of go back to the team where they make a great comeback, and then the next week they get blown out by you know, somebody at home. You just don't know what Illinois team's going to show up. You guys did talk me into taking Arkansas. I did put money on them. I had a plus 25 uh, boost on, or 25% boost. So I got them from minus 150 money line to minus 120. Yeah, both teams four and six, last 10. I agree. I kind of, I like Arkansas. This is a money line play for me. I, I really like Arkansas. That, like you said, that Illinois team, just very up and down. I think, um, I think Arkansas has better athletes. I think they're going to win the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to my two cousins um, because we do a survivor pool, and they may hate me for this, but I actually think Arkansas is gonna be my play day one and try to save some of these bigger schools. Risky, but I hate this Illinois team. Uh, Musselman is too good of a coach, and Nick Smith is gonna drop over twenty on these guys coming up. Yeah, these teams are so similar too. It's really funny, but it's funny they both shoot thirty-one percent from three. Except for Arkansas, she's 20% of their shots from three. And Illinois somehow jacks up 40% of their shots from three. That basically shows you the coaching difference. I'm going to take Arkansas. All right, Utah State, Missouri. Utah State laying two over under 154.5. I'm going to skip this game. I really didn't even cap it, so you guys take this away. Yeah, seven and three, last ten, both teams. The stats, what I looked at stat-wise, guys, I think this game's – the line is very small, and I think it's for a reason. I think it's going to be a really tight game. I'm going to take Utah State, though. Yeah. Sorry, Jim Root. Um, I'm on Utah State as well, Smitty. I actually think this might go over. I think this is going to be one of the games that we like to see with the high totals. Uh, they're both going to score. Utah State's efficient. They had a really good run. Hopefully they get some rest because the their conference tournament may have, may have worn them out a little bit. But that coach, I believe it's Banks at Missouri, did a great job this year. Yeah, they made a hell of a run. Stock up for them. Yeah, stock up for them. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay the Aggies and I'm gonna dance the Aggies. Yeah, you talked about free throw shooting. Utah State gets to the line. Missouri loves to put people on the line. Uh, this should be a big scoring game. Like if there's that many free throws, it's definitely gonna go over the 155, which is probably one of the higher totals on the board. But I like definitely like the over, and I like Utah State. It actually looks for the Thursday and Friday. It is the highest. Line on the board by a point. This, here's a game. Uh, Princeton, Arizona. Arizona land 14 over under 152.5. This is one I think that's going to go high. Princeton can score pretty well. They pass the ball really well. Arizona couldn't stop us if we played. I mean, they gave up 80 to Arizona State, who typically plays in the 50s and low 60s. I would not be comfortable laying the 14 here because you just don't, like, again, no defense, so Princeton could just kind of shoot themselves into a backdoor cover here late. I think this game 
if you're going to play it, maybe tease down the over uh, five to seven point range and get it in that 140s, and I think you'd be sitting pretty. Yeah, size going to be a problem. Arizona's big. they got some tall Big, guys. but they don't play big. They they just let people shoot. I love this Arizona team, and that's all I'll say. I really, really like this Arizona team. So it's a lot of points in this, but I think Arizona blows them out. Yeah, I agree, Stan. I think this is blowout city. This, is, uh, this isn't this is your Pete Carrill slow you down Princeton days. They're going to try to match up with Arizona and run a little bit, and I think they're going to get the doors blown off. So Princeton does try to rebound. I'll give them that. So I, d- I do think that's a factor. Arizona sometimes struggles with that when teams actually keep them off the boards. I'm actually going to take the tires of the points here. Uh, I might tease it up a little. I, like I said, I just Arizona's defense will have the back door open, uh, but I don't give Princeton a chance to win this game. They, like they are away from the Pete Carroll offense. They're running some stuff that everybody else does, and there's just no way they can run with their guys against uh, these kind of guys. So, uh, but give me the points. I, I do think Arizona, Princeton will keep it closer. All right, Boise State Northwestern. This game's a pick em. Over under 128 and a half. I'm going to go with Northwestern. I, I think this team has, you know, uh, with Bowie play, and I think Bowie will lead them late. You know, he's, I think this is his first tournament appearance, if I'm not mistaken, correct? So he's, this is a big moment for him. Good guards win games. I just think he is the X factor in this game, especially both teams being so even. Give me Northwestern on the pick em. Man, this low score, and if you like defense, man, this is what it's about. 128, slap the floor, play some defense. Could be a snooze fast, but I like Boise State in this game. Yeah, my heart says Northwestern, my head says Boise. I think for a bracket, you got to play Boise because of the experience from last year. I don't know, man, Northwestern, no, they're going to be like a – Everybody's kind of darling, Midwest darling, especially all the Chicago people. Something to root for. But, yeah, Smitty, I'm with you. I think I'm going to go Boise. Yeah, no, I, I'm, you know, you get scared of unders in these kind of games because they're going to go to overtime. But this game just really smells of an under, really ugly game. Um, it's kind of interesting that Northwestern likes to play teams that have post, and Boise State really doesn't play through the post. So that could be an issue. They both have really good guards. Uh, Northwestern's guards aren't scoring as well outside of Bowie. So I'm going to take uh, – give me the Broncos. All right, North Carolina, Asheville playing UCLA. UCLA laying 18, over under 134 and a half. If, if you're doing a massive 15-team parlay, put UCLA in there. you got crazy odds, but they're going to throw an extra 5 to $10 on the, on the payout. Other than that, I don't know. Like With UCLA, they had that uh, star player's injury. Do they, 18 is a lot for a team that, to me, sometimes they don't seem like they're extremely dominant. I'm not saying UNC Asheville's uh, going to be around by any means. I just don't know. So this is a game that's a stay away for me entirely. Yeah, I like the UCLA team. Like I said last week, I really look for point guards. I love the point guard, but Clark, like you said, being out, I watched them against Arizona. Some of their bigs got in foul trouble. The depth's a little concern to me later in the tournament. I don't think this game, both teams 9-1 and one in the last 10 coming into this. You know, like you said, at seven and a half, 17 and a half or 18, Peterson has it uh, minus 14 for UCLA. So, hey, let's jack it up and take UNC Asheville in a teaser. But UCLA wins. Yeah. Uh, UCLA is going to sit one other starter as well. Somebody else got dinged up in the back then tournament. Yeah. Big. So, uh, I, I think the smart play is the tease uh, UNC Asheville up. There's no way they're winning this game. UCLA's defense is 
I mean, top five in the country. They are legit. Yeah. Uh, UNC Asheville might score 55, but without two starters, basically, UCLA only needs to drop 70, and this is a win. Easy, easy advance, UCLA. I'll give Asheville credit. They can shoot threes. UCLA will sometimes let you shoot the three. They, they definitely like to take away the inside. So I'll make this the other side. We'll, we'll tee these both up with Princeton, UNC, Asheville, and hope they sweat it out that they cover both. All right. This is a Twitter-highlighted game. Oral Roberts playing Duke. Everybody loves Oral Roberts. I really like them coming in this tournament. I think they've got a guard that you know has NBA caliber. He's been on the team that took them to the Sweet 16 when they beat Florida. Uh, and somebody else, I can't. It's I'm drawing a, a blank on who else they'd be. Oh, Ohio State, a good Ohio State, State team. I really like Duke in this spot. I think Or Roberts just drew a bad uh, matchup because Duke is so hot right now. A lot of people. And disclaimer: I think Mike Shashevsky is a legend, but I think John Shire is a better coach. I think Shashevsky was able to get five star talent and just win on pure talent. I think Shire actually coaches the team. I think they're buying in now. They're playing extremely well. And I just think Or Roberts ran into the wrong situation at the wrong time. So give me Duke. Yeah, both teams on fire. Roberts uh, ten and zero last ten, and Duke is nine and one. Like you said, great star player, plays some defense. You know they like to score. They average about eighty four points a game. Duke can lock you down to about 63, 64 points a game. Duke's on fire right now. The guards are playing really well, and the big freshman underneath is tough. I love this. One of my favorite teaser spots. I'm going to take Duke down five points and pound that baby because Duke's going to win this game. Yeah, I locked it in a teaser as well. That is an official play on my Twitter coming. I was hoping this Oral Roberts team would get a team like Tennessee. So did I. Defense, no scoring. Yep, absolutely. this This is one of the worst matchups because this is a super fun team to watch. Duke's just too good right now. It, like Q, you said, everybody loves Oral Roberts. As much as everybody loves Oral Roberts, everybody loves Duke right now. There's so many people putting them into the Final Four, even potentially winning this. It's it's nuts, though. But, yeah, I think Duke actually is going to handle them pretty easy, especially with the two seven-footers underneath who are just problems for everybody. Yeah, I mean, Oral Roberts has one guy, the seven-five guy, who's his bones. I, he can't handle all of the seven-footers for Duke. Um Obviously, Duke has a matchup problem with Abe Miss um, because they don't have any body type that really can guard him. They like to play zone anyway. I mean, this might even look like a box and one by the time everything's done. I do think Duke gets out of this, but I think Oral Roberts make him sweat for at least a half. But like you said, it's just a bad matchup. Oral Roberts has no size outside of the seven-footer, and Duke's just huge everywhere. So uh, give me the, the Blue Devils. All right, here's the number two seed team that I actually could see lose and I wouldn't be surprised. So Marquette's laying 11, playing Vermont, over-unders 145 and a half. I think this game goes over. Vermont shoots threes really well. They like to run uh, up and down the court. Marquette, same thing. Uh, They can shoot really well this year. Shaka, great coach, great leadership. I'm not saying Marquette will lose, but I think this is the weakest two seed, and I think they are the most vulnerable Vermont could cover this 11. I'm not saying Marquette's bad by any means because obviously they've played really well this year and they've earned a two. Uh, But I think Vermont can shoot well enough to get a backdoor cover and maybe only lose by like eight or nine. Uh, But again, if you turn my TV off and then I had to look on my phone and see a 2C lose, I would not be surprised if, if Vermont shocked them here. Yeah, both these teams extremely hot. Again, Vermont's ten and zero last ten. Marquette's nine and one. 
You know, I watched some of the Vermont game on Saturday. Again, I think they passed the ball well. They do shoot the three. They've been always a good shooting three-point team. They play good team ball. Yeah, they do. I think Marquette, though, is just a little bit too athletic for them. I think they're going to be okay. Interior defense is not the greatest for Marquette, but I think their defense will get after them. I think this game could be a little tight. This could be tight early. But as the game goes on, I think Marquette's going to pull away. And I, especially, I like this in a teaser play. Yeah, Q, um, you said about Marquette being vulnerable. I don't know if or not. Uh, this is a bad matchup for Vermont. Yeah. Things because they were a definite Cinderella kind of team that could could pull the upset round one. I don't think so versus the two. I think this year all the 15s and 16s advanced. Or all, I'm sorry, all the ones and twos advanced. I don't see any big, big upsets coming this year. No, I agree. I, like I said, if I just had to pick one, that's who I would say. Yeah, yeah. Marquette's 15th best team since February 1st. That's a, a nice metric there. But I, I like Q's right, though. I think Vermont can get sneak in the back door here because Marquette will let you take the three. And um, as well as they score, like Vermont can't shoot the ball. They're not going to quit. They've probably been in the tournament as much as anybody over the last 10 years. they got a good um, coach. So yeah, it's a nice little teaser spot. Yeah, no, it's a really good coach. They're just, they're just too small, not athletic enough, like somebody mentioned, uh, to hang with Marquette. But I definitely think they can just sneak away back in here. Because Marquette's defense is definitely not their calling card. Great teaser spot if you throw Vermont up to plus 16 or 17. Backdoor cover. All right, here's a concerning game for me. Drake at Miami. Miami's laying three, some places minus two and a half, over under 147 and a half. Miami's missing their big, and that's one thing that killed them last year against Kansas. They had a big last year. He got in foul trouble early, and they were decimated. Yes, I know they have Colton Wall, and they have the kid from TCU uh, who's a stud, but if you don't have a big in college basketball tournament, you're not going to go far. Drake is a good mid-major team. They've shown it the last few years, and Miami is one of those teams. That, remember, they, they kind of started the run with the uh, – Loyola, Chicago. I mean, they hit a buzzer three to beat Miami, and I would not be surprised if that same situation happened here. There is going to be an upset somewhere, and I think Miami could be that upset if if um, Omar is not ready to. I think it's the same Omar, however you say it. He's if he's not one hundred percent healthy, which he rolled his ankle extremely bad. That's a problem for Miami. Yeah, I said it last week. I really like this Drake team. You know, this is a very experienced team. I think uh, last week, two guards are like 24, 25 years old. Uh, this, the coach's son is the star player, a very good basketball player. I agree with you. The big guy, if he's not playing, I think that's going to really hurt Miami. They have great guards. They like to score. Drake likes to play a little bit more defense. I like Drake. I love the Drake. Take the Drake this week. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Jason. <laughs> I don't know. I really like Miami. I was really disappointed that guy got hurt because I was watching them play. They're really scrappy. They're a complete team if he's healthy. Exactly. Like it's it's disappointing that they're not coming into this 100 percent because you watch them play, they don't fear anybody. And like I said, when you have good guard, experienced guards, you can win games in the tournament. Um, but Drake also has experienced good guards, and they probably have a little better bigs at this point. Um, Missouri Valley's down. That's the only thing kind of makes it give me a little pause. It's not the same league it used to be where they would come in here and just beat up teams uh, from the Power 5 or Power 6. Ah, I'm going to take the Drake. I think you've talked me into it, but, man, I really wish. That. This could be a really good game. I hope Miami's big gets healthy because, like I said, I think it's a fun team. When they lose yeah, by 20, Jason's going to text me and say, shut up, Smitty. I can't uh, believe you this is This is going to be the ultimate sweat, I think. Um, yeah. Long and Miller alone are going to keep uh, Miami in it. Yeah. Drake, 
it, 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 Q, you guys nailed it. It's Norshad Omie. I think that's how you say it. Okay. Yeah. 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 In. If he's in, I advance Miami. If he's out, I'm actually gonna. I'm. I'm. I, this is one of gonna be one of the last tickets I purchase at the window to see if this kid's playing or not. If he's not, I'm. I'm putting money line on Drake. Yeah, you're sitting at the uh, that the machine like five minutes before tip on this game. It's yeah. it depending on what side you take. It's the ultimate sweat. I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Drake wins. I would be surprised if Miami wins. I I hope he's yeah. healthier than we think because I think Jason's right. And I won a lot of money on him last year. I hate Miami for the record. My dad's a Miami fan. I'm a Gator fan. But <laughs> when they win you money, I love them. It's going to be an interesting team. They could be a a one and done or a deep run. So interested to see that. Here is my upset. I'm calling it right now. I've already put it on Twitter. Give me the points. Give me the money line. Kent State beats Indiana, and I'll tell you why. Kent State can score. They played three really tough road games. They played Houston, Gonzaga, and then a a really scrappy and good Charleston team. They're not going to be scared of this Indiana team. If Trace Jackson's not on, Indiana sucks. There's games that Indiana should have blown teams out, and they lost outright. There's games that they shouldn't have won, and they won the game, so you just don't know what they're going to get. But give me the Kent State team. I think they're going to be fired up. They're going to have confidence. That's my upset of the tournament. Yeah, you know. Oh, and one more thing. Plus 710 on the Sweet 16. Their bracket is not that bad. If they beat Indiana, they're going to play Drake or Miami, and they could still win those games as well. Yeah, they're they're a good team. I watched them Friday night. It was one of my best bets that I gave out, and they won. And we said last week, it's a very good conference. Toledo was a really good team. Kent State's a very good team, too. The guard is extremely good. Nine and one, their last 10, and they've hit six in a row for Kent State. Now, down low, that's where Indiana needs to go. Get the ball down low, pound it down there a little bit. But I agree. I like Kent State in this game. Q, I'm going to say this. Advance them even one more. Go bold. Uh, Kent State to the Elite Eight. Ooh. Here's why. Sincere carry, averaging 18 and 4. They also have three double-digit scores, so they're going to put the ball in the hoop. No problem. Mm. Uh, it, hey, just slow down. So you're right. Indiana, I don't say, I'm not going to say Indiana sucks. Um, they're, they're, I think they're average. And all you have to do is not let Trace Jackson Davis go for 35 or something. And you're probably going to win. Shafina's their other good player, but I don't think it's enough. So after that, I think they're going to get the weakest one out of uh, out of everything going forward. So uh, why not? And in fact, so look at last year. You think or, Houston's the weakest one? I do, especially if Sasser's out. True. Okay, fair. And fair point. And we don't know about Sasser yet. Yeah. I mean, it's a groin for a guy who's all, all right. about mobility and whatnot. Sure. So. I actually think this is one of those bold strategies where you take somebody who's not supposed to be there, like St. Peter's, and see how far you can get them. I, yeah. I guess the better play, we've been talking about it yesterday, was just take the money line and roll it over and roll it over if you want to see how that works out. I mean, it's a fair point, Maddie, because they did play Houston this year. And they lost by five. I mean, yeah. so they, they've seen them. The only thing is that they are not good on the boards, and Houston will have a field day against them there. But I do like them, like you said. I, I'm with Q. I took them just to Week 16. I think this team could definitely do it, especially with the other side of the pod. Um, you got the senior leading group. The only thing you have is they're very small, so and they have to score from the perimeter. Indiana is a pretty big team inside. Like I said, Trace Jackson Davis could just foul people out. I mean, but you saw Penn State, pretty small team, also have success against Indiana. So um, I definitely like Kent State going here, winning this game, and winning the next game as well. Maddie, it'd be plus twenty two hundred to the Elite Eight. 
I just don't know if they could be like Sasserless Houston, yes. So and I understand like it is it, absolutely. I, I mean, it's worth ten bucks to win two hundred twenty. If that's you know whatever, so I probably will put that in. But I definitely did put uh, plus seven ten sweet sixteen. I think they can get there, and I think they run into Houston with Sasser. I think Sasser will be okay. Uh, but yes, if he's out, it's fair game, and you're looking pretty on that bet. So. I, that's my upset. I, like I said, I've already put it in. But here's another game. This is probably my second favorite upset. So VCU plays St. Mary's. St. Mary's is laying three and a half. I got it at plus four, so I feel a little more comfortable there. Over under is one twenty three. This game is going to be locked tight defense. I like VCU. We talked about it, especially later as we got towards uh, the West Coast Conference tournament. St. Mary's can't play against a press. They they. You could tell they get frazzled. They don't know what to do. They start turning the ball over, and they can't score. That's all VCU does. They do it for 40 minutes. They don't do it for 30. They don't do it for 20. They do it for 40, and that's what matters. I kind of feel like shock of smart vibes with VCU right now. I think they've got enough talent to squeak by St. Mary's because St. Mary's isn't lighting you out of the gym on the shooting. Neither is VCU, but VCU can shoot free throws. They play knockdown defense. St. Mary's a little better rebounding team, but... I think defense and free throws can get you there, and I think this, as even as this matchup is, give me VCU plus the four, sprinkle a little on the money line. Yeah, this goes back to like the Northwestern Boise State game. I mean, this is low, 122 and a half. You know, VCU, very hot right now, 9-1 last 10, and they have won nine in a row. And like you said, they're just playing well right now. Yeah. I think this they'll get after them too. I, I love them also, man. I take the points, but yeah, sprinkle some on that money line. I think VCU gets a win here. Yeah, boys, this is this is like your grandma's perfect recipe for success <laughs> right here. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all defense from VCU. The point guard for St. Mary's is really good. However, he's a freshman, and now you're putting them, throwing them into this stage, and this is a kid who has to take control of the ball. I'm with you, Q. This is another one. I'm going to advance VCU two games. I'm putting them in the Sweet 16 as well along with Kent State. Those are my two big upset plays. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on, I got VCU through to Sweet 16 as well. I, like I said, I don't think they're a great team, but I love the matchups, um, especially against St. Mary's. We were kind of looking for an athletic team to get against St. Mary's to bet against them, and we definitely got it. Jason, real quick, help me with UConn's best player. You mentioned it earlier in the chat. Uh, Hawkins. Hawkins. Okay, so Iona is playing UConn. UConn laying eight and a half over under one forty three and a half. I like the over in this. I think UConn scores. I think Hawkins gets gets some points on Iona can score. They're, they've got an incredible coach and in Rick Pitino. Uh, temp, you know, for his last remaining games, is it sounds like he's going to be at St. John's. Um, is that a little bit of a distraction? They are a good team. I think they'll keep it close, but I think UConn will pull away at the end. I think having Hawkins is going to be the the, the you know, defining factor. I like the over 143 and a half. I see UConn getting in the 80s, but I also think Iona can get into that low 70s. Yeah, Iona 14 in a row. They're hot right now. 10 and 0 last 10. UConn is too, 8 and 8 and 2. This is a tough one. I really like the UConn team. I've liked them all year. They were playing a lot better at the beginning of the year than they are now, I think. Um Man, this is a tough. This is a teaser. I say this in football sometimes. You could go in either direction here and maybe be okay. I think I'm going to take Iona up in a teaser and go with that and see what happens. But UConn wins this game. I'm. I'm actually. Here's what I'm going to do. Um, this. We have a bracket buster every tournament. I, I can't believe that there's not more talk of this. Everybody's so high 
on Connecticut. And there's people having them to win it sure. and in the final four. And I'm kind of shocked because they're extremely sloppy with the ball. And they you know what they do best? They actually foul best. I think they're top five <laughs> in fouls in the country. And, and you know who else is really good at shooting free throws and good at cashing in on that? Iona. Mm-hmm. I, I think if this is the bracket buster, I'm not going to bet it. I'm probably going to put a pizza pizza money, as we call it here, with Louisiana and just see if I can hit both and see how that turns out, round one. I think UConn's going to win, but I think this is going to scare people's brackets to death. Yeah, I think I'm UConn is on, on Iona. Like, I, no, Matt, you're right about UConn. I think they're 321 in, in free throws, uh, free throw rate defensively, which is just awful. There's only 300 and like, what, 30, 60 teams? Yeah. Um, but Iona's 291 or 261 in, in going to the line. So it's not exactly like their drive and dish teams that they've had in the past. Um, and UConn's got a lot of guys. Like, that's the thing. The biggest difference is they finally have a guy at Hawkins who can actually score because that's what killed me at New Mexico State last year was when they got down and uh, Teddy Allen was just putting up buckets. Uh, they had no one that could match that. And I think Hawkins has kind of stepped up into that role this year. They're playing really well of late. They're huge. The metrics love them. I think they're what? They're top six in, in offense and 18th in defense. They're, and it's like I said, there's just a lot of good things. And the fouls, though, will catch up to them, especially in the tighter tournament. Um, so I, I don't hate taking Iona with the points here, but I do think that this isn't as good of Iona team. And I think UConn's actually coming in to the right spot, I, like I said. But I'm still a, a little nervous because they should have got through that Big East tournament. Uh, and they didn't. <laughs> yeah, Kemba Walker's not suiting up for him. Whoever has him advancing far, I just don't see it. Um, like Maddie said, they foul all the time. That's going to kill them in a tournament. All right, so obviously the matchups though, yeah, CU, possibly St. Mary's. Like they match up really well with those teams, and uh, St. Mary's might be able to get them. But like I said, the size wise, UConn has them, and they can yeah. definitely guard them. So it's, it's just a good pod for them. Yeah. All right, we've got eight games left. The show's going to run a little long, obviously, for this one. It's our biggest show of the year. We're going to cover all your Thursday and Friday games. So bear with us. we got eight left, and then we'll throw a couple futures out there. So Florida Atlantic is playing Memphis. Memphis laying two and a half, over 151. I'll say I'm really confident in Memphis. I think they're playing really well. I think Kendrick Davis is one of the best players in the entire tournament. He kind of has that Jelly Walker vibe of last year. Like, everybody wants to see this guy put up 30, and I think he can pretty easily against Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic, anybody could score against them. Uh, they Outside of UAB, like, I don't think their division was overly great. Uh, they, they really didn't play anybody this year, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Memphis is very, very hot at the right time. The smallest amount, though, scares me, like, Penny Hardaway, does he just kind of have one of those blunder moments and the team just kind of falls apart? You just don't know because Memphis should be so good for so late. For the past five years, they should have been way better than what they are. I already put Memphis in this game. I really like them a lot, but there is, I'm like 90% positive that they're going to win. There is a 10% chance, though, that they just kind of fall apart and they ruin everybody's bracket. I could definitely see it. Yeah, this should be a fun game. Uh, over under points. 153. Both teams average about 80 points a game. I really like Memphis, too, in this. I love the point guard. I think his name's Walker, man. You talk about a guy that can just, when a team puts a full-court press, that guy just dribbles through the whole entire press. Really like that team. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. You got, hey, Great job by Florida Atlantic, 31-3 and three this year. I wish this – I you know, again, I'm not the biggest Penny Hardaway f- fan, but he's done a nice job there. I wish Florida Atlantic was playing someone else because I kind of wanted to be rooting for them, but I like Memphis in this game. 
Yeah, Florida Atlantic uh, was another one of these teams we wanted to see on a different seed line because, uh, I mean, that overall record's awesome. They were 23-11, and 11, I think, against the spread this year. So it's a really good cover team as well. But, yeah, I think it's a bad matchup. QU nailed it. That kid for Memphis, I think, is going to light it up and basically carry them through. And then they're going to put a scare into Purdue as well. I agree. In fact, I think they're going to beat Purdue. Sorry, Jason, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I think that's the – can Memphis get through? Because Memphis is definitely a great matchup for Purdue. Um, yeah. it, outside of maybe Edie fouling out their guys just because they're all thinner. Um, but the pressure, the three-quarter court, Memphis does it all the time. It's going to harass the hell out of the Purdue guards. Uh, I go back and forth in this game. I, I really cannot decide with, where to go. I can't understand how Florida Atlantic is as high as they are in Ken Palm because, like you said, the schedule is not great. I mean, the best win is over North Texas. If you watch North Texas play UAB in the Conference USA tournament, it'd be hard to believe either of those teams is in the top 50 of Ken Palm. Um, so I, I, Memphis is probably the right play here. I, I do think they came on late. I think they really went toe-to-toe with Houston. Like, obviously, they got a week with Houston the last time, but during the season, they covered both times. Um, so, yeah, give, give me the Tigers in this one. Um, the FAU is just too small outside of the seven-footer. Sorry, I'm I'm looking at my sheet. I don't even see uh, Purdue on here. That's a problem. Circa, get your stuff right. You don't even have well, Purdue, half the game. Purdue plays one of the one. Yeah, they play because oh, they're, they're not on there because they uh, they play a playing game. Yeah, yeah playing game winner. That's why they're not. On. Oh, okay, I got you. All right. Yeah. Uh, just sorry, well, Circa. Q apologizes. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Fair enough. We'll talk about them at the end because we are got We got to figure out a matchup and stuff like that. So, all right. So we have. USC and Michigan State. Michigan State laying to USC. I don't know how I feel about them. I think Michigan State's got good coaching. Obviously, Tom Izzo, he's a legend. I think they're kind of playing good basketball at the right time. They obviously had the travesty on campus. They were kind of playing with some emotions towards the end of the year. I like Michigan State to eke this out. I think they could be a decent team and a good run. They do rebound well. They drive really well from the past few games that I saw, and they can't hit the three. I think they overmatch USC. I'm not saying Michigan State goes to Elite Eight by any means, but I think they at least get to the second round. Yeah, this kind of a big whatever kind of game for me. Yeah, it's not really doing it. But, uh, you know, USC's okay. A couple of their players I like, but Michigan State I think is just going to be a little bit tougher, and I like the head coach over the USC guy, so give me Michigan State. I'm – I'm uh, Oppo. I'm on USC in this one. They have two really good guards. They actually rebound really well, uh, shoot 75% from the foul line. This is a blase Michigan State team. I, I think just too much this year. I'm going to put a sneaky USC team going past them. Yeah, I like USC too. They guard the two. Sparty loves to shoot twos um, for some reason. Um, I, I just think you saw them kind of fall apart there in the, in the Big Ten tournament where they're kind of infighting a little bit. Give me the Trojans. All right, Kennesaw State and Xavier. Xavier laying 11 over under 150 and a half. I think this is pretty easy for Xavier. They've got their uh, their, their best player back just in time for the Big East tournament. So uh, Fremantle, I think, will start turning. Uh, I think he's out. Isn't he out? I thought he was back. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize well, I that. First game. Okay, all right. Well, that kind of changes things then for me. Now, I think Xavier wins the game, but I don't know much about Kennesaw State. If he's out, I'm not saying it's the easiest cover now. Uh, so it's probably a stay away. I thought he came back. I didn't realize he went back out. I I kind of like Xavier in this. Uh, this this would be a teaser spot. I would take Xavier down. I mean, move him on in your bracket. I think they're going to be okay. They got a six year point guard. You know, I like the 
teams with the experienced point guards in this. So, but in a betting sense, I would probably John Clifford's brother. <laughs> <laughs> I would take Xavier down in this in a teaser, but let's move on Xavier in the bracket. I'm, I'm kind of surprised Xavier got a three seed. That's something somebody's not talking about. I don't, I don't know if they're worthy of a three seed. They're a really good team, but without Freeman, we don't know what's really up with him. Uh, they're going to win this game. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a cover. This is going to be a stay away from me. I'll probably put Xavier and a money line, fun kind of parlay, and see what you get game one. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Kansas State is such a great story. I think they have, what, like five combined wins over like three years before they were on the uptick. Their coach is going to be a hotshot candidate as well. Hopefully he'll go to Georgetown so I can keep my coach. Um, <laughs> but and I hate Sean Miller for stories we've all shared. <laughs> I would really like to pick Kennesaw State here. Uh, I'm going to pick up the cover to decide something to root for, but it's a tough matchup for them. They, they just, you know, coming out of that league, Liberty was by far the best team for to make a tournament run. Uh, Kennesaw outplayed them. They deserve to be here, but they just don't really match up well with the big boys, unfortunately. So uh, I'm going to take them the cover to scare the hell out of Sean Miller, but that's all I got. Here's a good game. I think this is going to be one of the best viewing game. Providence and Kentucky. Kentucky laying three and a half over under one forty five and a half. Kentucky kind of got right at the right time. Uh, they obviously didn't make it too too far in the SEC tournament, but I think that's okay. They got a good coach. I think tournament wise, Calipari is one of the better coaches in this tournament. Uh, just for the simple fact that he's been there, uh, a lot of coaches haven't really been there. Uh, Providence, Ed Cooley. You know, he's kind of been downplaying the Georgetown thing all week. Hopefully that doesn't make it into a locker room issue. Uh, they've got a good guard in Byram. Like, he could lead this team. Noah Locke, if he starts hitting the threes, you know, he could be dangerous. He he did it at Florida. He's very streaky. Um, makes a lot of dumb fouls, though. I could see either team winning and not be surprised what Providence team shows up. I mean, are we going to see last year's Providence team where they could just beat anybody and play up, or this year's where they really kind of – let a lot of people down and they thought Providence was going to improve, but I really didn't see much improvement this year. If they go down early, you could see in their games, they shut down. I could see if Kentucky gets out early, then Providence kind of shuts down. Uh, Toshibwe is going to be a monster uh, problem for them. So this is a stay away for me. If I had to give a play, I probably would tease Providence up because I don't think this game is going to be like a 10 point game. I think it's going to be in that, six-point range, so I think you could tease down yeah. either side. But it, it's going to be a good game, I think. I think both teams match up pretty well. Yeah, Providence coming in a little cold. Lost last three. Again, coaching rumors to Georgetown. Is that is that a distraction? And, hey, listen, Kentucky. <laughs> Jason. Kentucky. What happened last year? Don't let it happen again. Get in that first round. I like Kentucky. It's just what kind of Kentucky team shows up. They have the talent. And, you know, Kyle, I, I don't know if he's a great X and O guy, but, um, man, he better he better get him motivated in this. But I do like Kentucky in this game. Here, do you have an over-under on this? I got a 145. Yeah, 145. And yeah. This is a game I'm going to look over. Um, Providence struggles against anybody who scores over 72 points, and they give up 72 right at that number. So I, I think they can get – I think Kentucky can – I think this is going to be a close to about an 80, 80, 80 to 75 kind of game. I don't know, actually know who wins this because – I don't either. You guys sum it up. Who's, who's showing up for this uh, other than Shibwe? I, I don't know. I don't trust either of these teams. Smitty said he likes UK to make a run. 
I don't know about that, but yeah, this is stay away. I'm actually going to look the over. If you if you put a gun to my head, I'm going to pick Kentucky money line. Matt, both teams have the roster to make a deep run. It's just like you said, what they team do. shows up? I don't trust either of them. So, <laughs> so like uh, Matty said, there uh, basically Providence two and six against teams as good offensively as Kentucky uh, this year. But I, I like I think Cooley's a way better coach than Calipari at this point. And Providence just fights you. Like, you know what I mean? They're just one of those teams that just they're gonna be excited to play Kentucky because they feel disrespected even though no one's really disrespecting them. Like they kinda come in with that chip on their shoulder. Will they though? Power. Because they didn't all big east. Will they? What's that? I don't think Providence will this year. I think they did last year. This year, I, I think honestly, they're not that much different statistically year over year. It's just they had no luck this year. Like they lost yeah. all the close games that they somehow squeaked out last year. So variance kind of caught up with them, but they still like scrap. And like, Kentucky, one thing they have at times this year is not fought whenever they've gotten. I mean, true. But I think that, uh, Kentucky should win this game as long as Vanderbilt doesn't show up in Providence's place. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take Providence with the points, but I do. I think Kentucky will get by in this one, but it's going to be close and uh, probably not as good of a game as we think it should be. All right, I'll make this one real simple. Kansas State minus nine, I think it's an easy pick. Keontae Johnson, they've got a great guard. I just think they're going to overpower Montana State straight from the jump. I like teaser spot Montana State in this. You're disgusting. Keo <laughs> <laughs> Smitty's right. This line started out at 12. It doesn't matter. I like just it. Just saying, Kansas State's going to win, but I think Montana State's going to put a scare in them. Yeah, I do too. They'll get the win. Kansas State will advance, but Montana yeah. State's going to hang with them. Yeah, this is that's one I'm going to look at where it's uh, first to ten, Montana State to come out and catch them off guard. Sorry, kill them with them. That's fine. <laughs> no, Somebody's got to win on this show. The back stretch of their schedule hasn't been nearly as good as they were in the front stretch. And, Fair enough. Uh, they're not as great defending the paint, and actually, Montana State for a small school goes into the paint. They they play through the post, which is kind of interesting. So. Maybe they can give K-State a little trouble there. Somebody's got to win. That's all. I'll leave it at. All right, NC State Creighton. I really like this Creighton team. I think they're starting to find their stride. They were preseason uh, top 10 team. They really had their woes. Their best player was injured for roughly half the season. He's back. He got some games under his belt. I think Creighton can make a really deep run. If they're hitting their threes, I mean, they could beat anybody in this tournament. They rebound pretty well. I think NC State should have never even made this tournament. I think Clemson should have been in over them. Uh, and been in this game. Uh, but I, I I love Creighton in a teaser spot. I actually think Creighton minus five covers as well. I, I just think they're going to overpower NC State here. Yeah, I like Creighton too, the Blue Jays here. Give me them. Uh, you know, NC State, I said it on another show last night. I think I agree. I think Clemson should have got in over them. But NC State does have some talented guards. They're a little scrappy. The big guy underneath is pretty athletic for his size and everything like this. You know, one thing I looked at, it's 148 and a half. I could see this being an over. Both teams are in the high 70s in scoring, and like you said, if they're shooting well, uh, they can get up and down. I think this one could be 80-something, um, high 70. I think this can get in the 156, 57 range, so give me the over in this, too. NC State does not want to get in a shootout. Schmitty, I'm with you. Uh, I know it's kind of contradictory when we were on with the Sharp Angle Syndicate guys last night. Shout out to that song. But... Uh, Creighton's the right time, and NC State does have the two guards. I do like that over Smitty, even though it contradicted what I said last night. Foul best on the stretch. We're getting like eight or nine extra free throws to pull away. 
Yeah, no, people compare Creighton a lot to Clemson, and Clemson absolutely smashed NC State all this year. It's a good shooting team. Um, it'll be interesting to see. They like to play fast, but NC State doesn't like to play slow. So it'll be interesting. Creighton, I can see adjusting their tempo to kind of take advantage of that because they can play through the big guy and uh, just hit threes off of that bad NC State defense. Cal Santa Barbara plays Baylor. Baylor laying 10.5 over 144. Uh, it's a stay away for me. The only question I have, and this is more tournament general-wise, what Baylor team shows up? Is it the team against Iowa State that gets out-rebounded by about 30 rebounds, or do they actually play you know, as good as they can when they were playing like Texas and TCU and things like that and, and pulling out some upsets? It's just they could make a deep run or they could be an early out. You just don't know what team shows up. Yeah, Baylor, you know, I like Baylor, but the problem is, are they going to, like you said, are they going to show up and defend? They're, they're, or rebound. Their defense has not been good lately here. So this, man, I don't know. I, I mean, if I do anything with this, this would be a teaser and just probably take Baylor down and try to get it because I do think they're going to win the game. But this, they better better start playing a little bit better defense. Yeah, UCSD, man, Seth Davis really liked them to actually upset Baylor. Baylor's coming in. They're horrible. Horrible on the defensive end. And UCSB's actually been in the tournament two of the last three years, so they actually have some, mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit of run in them. I, I don't think they have enough to get by Baylor. I think Baylor's just too talented overall. But, I, again, this is going to be a low seed where people's brackets are going to be sweating this one out. But give me probably – I'd probably take UCSB with the points. Yeah, Big West Conference where uh, UCSB plays in, it was 15th in Ken Palm. That's above the Missouri Valley. I mean, that's that's like the best they've been in a long time. They were bad there for a long time. Uh, it's a good shooting team against a bad defensive team. So I definitely like them to cover. Uh, I think they can scare, scare Baylor, but Baylor's guards are good, and they can score. I think that'll save them from losing the game. But I, I definitely like the Gauchos with the point. All right, last game on the slate, and then we'll quickly talk to uh, end the show, the, the play-in matchup so you got grand canyon and gonzaga gonzaga is really hot at the right time uh this isn't their best roster team in years past but i think they're going to make a good run this year i think uh having drew timmy a big guy who can score hits free throws really well rebounds well has a mid-range jumper to kind of stretch out teams i think gonzaga actually covers the 14 and a half pretty easily uh i think grand canyon is a scrappy team, just wrong wrong matchup, wrong time. I think I think Gonzaga makes a, a pretty solid run in this tournament. Yeah, this could be a high-scoring game. Grand Canyon likes to score, and so does the Zags. If you like the analytical kind of stuff, I saw a thing today in the last month, the Zags would be the second-best team in the country with some of their numbers there. So give me the Zags. I think they're going to win, and I think they'll win by about 20. Yeah, I think Zags are going to cover this. Uh, Grand Canyon is going to hoist up a ton of threes. It, it doesn't matter. I think the Zags are just going to hoist up as many and just run run them out of the gym. Good showing this year, Grand Canyon, but uh, you're one and done. Yeah, no, it's like, I actually Bart Torvik has them uh, Zaga as the best team since February first by a lot. And the offense has just exploded. They're, they're scoring one point three points possession. That's insane. Um, yeah, Grand Canyon, nice little run to get through there. That was actually pretty decent whack this year. Uh, some good teams and. Um, I don't know if they can stay within 15, though, these guys. But like I said, because I go and they get rolling, they roll, and they, they stomp on people. And I, I think they're kind of playing that way right now. So I'm, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet it, but I would definitely think Zag has a better chance of covering than not. All right, let's uh, let's end the show. We'll talk about the last four teams in the tournament. So quickly, I think Alabama's as long as they're hitting their threes and they play someone decent defense, they're the team to beat. I mean, I think they are the proven number one overall seed. Uh, I don't think they'll have – any issues at least getting to the Elite Eight? 
pretty simple for me. And then I'll just quickly cover uh, Purdue. We'll do two at a time. Purdue scares me in that Memphis matchup because Zach Eady, as big as he is, he's 7'4". He misses a lot of shots right at the rim, and that's a problem. A guy like that shouldn't shoot 11 for 25 like he did in their uh, in their championship game. He should probably be like 17 to 25 numbers. So that's concerning to me. He spends a lot of time in the paint. If, he, if they start calling that three seconds on him, he's going to have a long day. And again, I, I think if Purdue's not hitting their threes, they can be one of the coldest teams. We saw this last year. They made an early exit last year. I think Kendrick Davis is going to give them problems because I think Memphis is going to match up with them. And I actually think Memphis is going to beat them, and they're the first number one seed that gets eliminated. Yeah, I think Bam is going to be okay for a couple games. And Purdue, again, yeah, I think the second-round matchup's tough. Either way, Memphis or Florida Atlantic, you saw it pressure, pressure, pressure their guards, and they're not handling it very well, and they got to stroke the ball a little bit better from three-point line. So that could be an upset in the second round there. All right, so what I did is I went with uh, some Cinderella's and Final Four, stuff like that. Uh, Hugh, I agree. I, I think Purdue's going to sneak out against Memphis. Uh, and uh, my first number one seed to lose is Houston, but there's a huge asterisk with that. It's If Sasser plays, they're going to advance probably to the Elite Eight. If he doesn't, I think they're going to lose to uh, Iowa or uh, Auburn. I just I, I think Iowa's due to bounce somebody. And without Sasser, I think they can get it done. And I feel bad for Kansas because they should have been in the Houston bracket and they got screwed. They went down to the bracket of death with, I mean, TCU is a six seed. That's nuts. UConn a four, uh, Gonzaga, the hottest team, UCLA, the best defensive team. I think the committee didn't want to back to back and I feel bad. I, I, Here's my bold statement. I only think there's one number one seed who makes the Final Four this year. I won't say who it is, but I think everybody knows. I think it's Kansas. I think it's Alabama. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, Alabama. I think two, two make it. That's a fair point about Kansas, but they only have to play one of those teams. I think that's what kind of getting overblown about that. Yeah. They're all on the other side of the bracket. Like, UConn's yeah. really the only thing standing between them and the Elite Eight. Yeah. Because everybody else is going to knock themselves off down the other you, side. So it's a nice talking point for their shows, but it's really you really want to play. You really want to play Arkansas round two? Arkansas doesn't scare me because they can't score. Yeah. If, if you're Kansas, they scare other teams, but I don't think they scare Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it could be Illinois, too, because Illinois can just go and play that game that everybody thinks that they're going to play. Yeah. And then watch them against Kansas. First half, they'll come out, they'll be up 10, and then they'll lose by 30. Because <laughs> yeah. Underwood will start calling God Fair enough. Uh, like he did against Penn State. Uh, so, yeah, look at this. Um, the thing Go Alexander always goes over, uh, teams that meet the certain criteria. They talk about, like, the um, there's only eight teams, really, that can win a national title. Alabama, Houston, Purdue, Kansas. And then it gets a little more interesting. UConn, UCLA, Texas, and Creighton. So that's basically teams that are good enough on offense and defense, have played in the string left schedule, and basically have a coach that's made the Sweet 16. I think that's most of the criteria. And then, oh, and then wins against the top 10% of the RPI. So that's your eight. You want to make sure if you're picking your brackets or you're making your bets, you have that in the back of your mind that that's really, that's held up basically for the last 20 years. So uh, definitely play there. And stuff we were playing around with last night. Bart Torvik, if you look at the rankings from February 1st to the start of the tournament, all those teams kind of fit. Basically, the top 
20 teams are where you want to look at for teams to pick through. They kind of hold up. Uh, so basically, it does come doesn't have an advantage being hot in February coming into the tournament. All right, last two teams. Just make it real quick. Iowa State and TCU. I don't think Iowa State makes it to the Sweet 16. I, I think uh, I'm looking at them. I could see them losing in their first round to Mississippi State or Pittsburgh. It just... They play Baylor really well. They out-rebounded them. But outside of that, you lost your best three-point shooter, which is crucial for a tournament. Their offense is so hit or miss. They're a very home-heavy team, again, like Maryland type is. I don't see them. If they if they win their first matchup, I see Xavier beating them. And then TCU, I think TCU and Gonzaga is going to be an incredible game in the round of 32. I, I think with all the drama there, I, I, I don't know what the line is. I think Gonzaga kind of squeaks by that just uh, out of sheer experience. But it's going to be a tight game for, for me. I, I think TCU, with them getting a six seed, just really put them in a bad spot. Yeah, it's a good TCU team. I mean, really, they run the break well. They really attack the rim. There was some situation with the player leaving and then was kind of saying stuff about Jamie Dixon a little bit. But I think that, no, that will be fine and everything. But, I, yeah, Iowa State's okay. They don't impress me that much. And um, I like I like the Zags to keep. To do. Yeah, sorry. I'm with you guys. Sorry, sorry, clones. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see them doing anything in this. I think TCU will get by the winner of Arizona State and Nevada and push the Zags, but I think the Zags are just too, too they're, they're just, they're hitting, it's a dumb statement, they're hitting on all cylinders right now. I think they'll, I think they'll be Jamie Dixon and the Horn Frogs. I don't even think TCU gets out of the first round if Arizona State gets through because TCU Ooh. can't shoot. Those are bold. They, they don't have the big thing. guy now and like it, you can see it. I mean, the games they played, teams don't even guard them out there because they can't. And then the tempo gets really slow in the tournament. You can't run and gun like you want to. You always have to keep that in mind that teams can really slow it on a pace a lot easier. They can speed it up. Um, so if Arizona State gets out of playing game, I definitely like them over TCU, definitely with the points. Um, and I'm kind of debating whether Pitt is a better matchup against Iowa State or Mississippi State because Pitt kind of looks a lot like Baylor, and Iowa State's had no problems with them. And I can see Mississippi State completely locking down that Iowa State offense because they have a hard enough time scoring as it is. Might actually challenge a record for 99 points in a game. That could easily be a, a 43-40 game without a, without a problem. All right, let's wrap up the show. Just everybody give their national championship winner. That way, it's on the, the show. I, I for me, it's Kansas. I think the experience. I think, uh, like Jason said, they really only have to play one tough team in their their bracket. I think they actually kind of everybody else beats themselves up. I think just experience with Bill Self. I think the team has. Uh, the ability to beat anybody. I think even with Sasser, without Sasser, I think Kansas gets it done in a national title. Smitty? I'll tell you what, I have not even really looked at the bracket. I've been just breaking down these the first Thursday and Friday. Um, so I'm going to give you two. That's fine. And then I'll I'll go. I like Kansas. I think Kansas is really good. But I also like Arizona. Nails? Old picks, man. I like it. I'm going Bama just because they have the best player in Brandon Miller. And he's, his trajectory this year is basically on the 2001 Duke squad when Battier led them. He's got the same basically exact numbers, kind of the same squad. They're going to run. They're going to gun. They actually do play decent defense. They just outscore you, period. Uh, they, they play enough defense to get you by. I think they have the easiest bracket. I think they're almost a shoo-in for the Final Four. So I'm going with Bama this year. Man, this is tough. I actually, I kind of like Texas, but I'm a little worried about the coach. But I, I like everything else about them. Um, 
And I like Bama, but it scares me how many three-pointers they shoot and just the way those games go with the high variance. I mean, if, if they get on a roll, then they can definitely just roll hold it through this whole thing. But I really think they have a tough second game against either West Virginia or Maryland. Uh, I think they're going to get pushed in that. But, hey, give me Texas. I, I think you're getting a decent price on them. They play defense. They can run offense. They have experienced guards. And it's really up to the coach whether he can actually win it or not. I like that play, Jason. Yeah, I do too. All right. We're, it's it's going to be a busy month for us. We're going to be doing our, our live shows weekly. We're going to be out in the public like Smitty and I. We're, uh, we're going to be uh, at a local bar, you know, pushing notebook wager and pushing winners down people's throats, buying Miller Light rounds for everybody. We got nails passing out, out. Passing out some gear. We got some gear for some <laughs> We people, do. We got so. some koozies. We got some gear. If you're local to the Manassas area, come to the Old Town Sports Pub. Uh, Friday, we'll be there all day. Should be a great time. Look for the uh, the two jerseys. Leave your number 12. I'm number 10. Uh, it's going to be a, a phenomenal time. We're going to be running around the bar. We're winning. Nails will be out in Vegas promoting us. Do your thing out there. Jason, get out and about. Keep that Pittsburgh area. Just get it going. Just root and just... You should have got a jersey with us. I don't know why you didn't. I bought them. It was on the house. You should have wore that around town, right to Rivers. But listen, we'll. I don't. I will have. I will have the t-shirt on. I will be represented All right. there. People always come up to me for bets anyway. For some reason, I guess because I look like a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I will make sure to say, hey, you should listen to the podcast. It's all there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'll definitely be out. I'll probably be at the Rivers. I'll probably be at a couple uh, establishments as well. Make sure you get down to that bar before Q and Smitty get too sloppy. Uh. <laughs> We're drinking the Miller Lite keg till it's empty. Listen, follow our Twitters. All of us have our Twitters. It's going to be posted there. Notebook Wagering. Uh, NotebookWagering.com is going to have our shows. Uh, follow us. If you don't know who we are, introduce yourself, uh, and we'll get you squared away with all of our social media platforms. So let's we killed it last year. Smitty and I definitely were up money, so let's get it going. Bang your bookies. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.